Amen. You know, we, uh, we talk about these every week, you know, and we, we're committed to be connected to each other as a body because um, it's critical that we be connected to each other as a body. It's critical that we, we lift each other up and we support each other. And when, when one part of the body is hurting, your whole body's hurting. Just watch Ricky when he steps off the step. <laughs> He's got a bad knee. His whole body reacts differently when he moves. And that's how it is with us as a body. And, and this section on the back about praying is not something that we just do because that's what we do. It's, it's part of how we as a body care for each other. And um, understanding the power of being able to bring our hearts to Christ, to bring our hearts to our Heavenly Father, to um, share our concerns with the God of the universe is, is just an incredible, incredible privilege that we have as a part of the body to pr be praying for each other. And I want to spend a little bit of time, yeah, like 11 minutes. I haven't preached a sermon in 11 minutes in my entire life. <laughs> it's like a Guinness book record. And Marge is going, and he's not going today either, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's a good thing there's not a service after this one because nobody's going to come and kick me out. As long as you, one of you don't leave, I can keep going. But you know, I want to talk a little bit about this morning about prayer. You know, and I want to, I want to, I want to talk about this relationship that we have with the living God, because, because it, it, it's it's all that there is about life, and, and it, it's where the the front is in the battle, because. If, if the enemy can get us to believe that the relationship we have with Christ isn't all that important, he wins. That's all he has to do is get us to believe that God doesn't really hear us when he prays. He doesn't really care about us. He doesn't really love us. Because if he did, all this bad stuff wouldn't happen. And when he gets us to think that way, he wins. He wins. And instead of being a powerful body that changes the world, we come, become a whimpering group of people that just hide together because we don't want bad things to happen. And, and God's got stuff for us that's bigger than that. It's, just, it's way bigger than that. Let's turn to Colossians together. in the New Testament. It's, a, it's an epistle, General Electric Phone Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. It's the only way I can remember it. If you guys have a better one, let me know. But Paul is writing the letter from prison. And so he's in prison and he's got some choices that he can make. He can go, man, God, here I've served you. I've done everything for you. I've traveled all over. I've preached the word. I gave up a great career as a Pharisee. 
And this is, this is the thanks I get? This is it? Nice. This is a great way to spend retirement. It's exactly the way I planned it. Or he can do what he did. He can be Paul. And he can recognize that God is bigger than he is and that God's plans and purposes are bigger than he is and that his circumstances are a part of God's plan and his heart for people just burns within him because he wants to love people. And, he, and how can I love people while I'm here? How can I impact lives while I'm here? Well, first of all, he just continues to save the soldiers that can't leave. They're chained to him. They got to hear the gospel, so he just shares the gospel with them and they get saved and God brings two new guys and they get saved and God brings two new guys and you know, the, the whole you know, Roman army you know, gets impacted. So he, he ends up changing the world in a way that he never would have planned. That wouldn't have been his strategy. But somehow God knows better than we do what he's doing. <laughs> and, 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 and Paul could never have possibly thought that, you know, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to write this letter I'm going to address it to this church, in the Colossian church, yeah, whatever the name of that town is, um, and, and, um, and I'm going to do it and, and because I know that 2,000 years from now, there's going to be a group of people sitting in Duarte that um, are going to want to hear about it. And, you know, I just, I just want to make sure I, I write it just right, so I'm going to have it, have it edited like five times and make sure that all, everything... I, because, you know, people are going to read it for 2,000 years and it's going to circle around the world and it's just going to be this very impressive. I mean, do you think Paul ever considered that? No. I mean, here's the thing. God is the creator of the universe, right? You guys get that? We, we don't know what's going to happen in the next 30 seconds. Does anybody know for sure? God knows what's going to happen in the next 30,000 years. And so why is it that we have such a hard time letting God be God? Okay, I, any logical answers? I'm open. It's such a struggle, isn't it? Letting God be God. And just trusting that if he loved us enough that he would send his son to die for us so we could have a relationship with him, that he would love us enough to lead us in his plan so that we could be used by him to glorify his name. Paul got that. See, Paul got that. Paul writes in Ephesians, right? That, that we are his masterpiece. We're, we're created, we're his workmanship, created by him for good works. So that we could walk in them. You know what he's saying? He's saying there is one person that's made exactly like you. And, and there's one, one way that how you're created fits into God's plan. And so there is a Randy-sized hole in God's plan that only Randy fits in. There's a Sandra-sized hole only Sandra fits in. There's a Bob-sized hole only Bob fits in. 
because he's got a plan for us and he's created us as masterpiece to be used exactly how he wants to use us right there. And you know what happens? As I go, that is the ugliest hole I ever saw. I'm not going in that, in that hole. There's got to be a better hole somewhere. And so I wander around trying to find the right hole that God wants me in because I don't have a relationship with him that is deep enough where I trust him enough to know that he's created me exactly where he wants me and where he's taken me is exactly where he wants me to go. And this is a challenge and this is part of our battle, isn't it? That, that we don't spend enough time with God to know that that's exactly who he wants us to be and to trust him that where we are is where he wants us to be and then to allow us to plug us in exactly where he wants us plugged in to use us exactly how he wants to use us. And so often in prayer, we just struggle with that because our prayer so much is, Lord, thy will be changed, right? <laughs> right? Rather than thy will be done. We would much rather tell God how to get our plan done in heaven rather than asking him how he wants us to do his plan here on earth. Amen? And this is the heart attitude that God wants us to have because he wants us to be a people that are able to be used by him to change the world in a powerful way. And when we are a people who are committed to being all that God wants to create us to be, and we come together and we fit together as a body, unbelievably powerful things happen because the church is, is out there with us impacting the world. The church isn't us in here being safe and secure, singing kumbaya and feeling good. We come here to be equipped and strengthened and encouraged so that when we're out there, we're a light and we're a beacon and we're a powerful entity that's world-changing. It's, it, it's, 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 it's amazing how God knows that that's how we, how we work. We need each other to come together. We need each other to come here and, and, and be led in worship in song, to be led in worship with, with our resources. Giving is, is a worship experience because it's what God's given us. And, and, and in our culture today, it is way more important than it should be. And so we're, we're really reluctant to, to give away things that God's given us. Right? This is my money. I worked really hard for this money. I'm not giving it to God. And then, and then as we stand and somebody who studies and knows God's word and understands God's word and wants to help us understand God's word, that is as powerfully a part of worship as lifting our voices in praise. I mean, it all comes together as we grow in our relationship with God, as we grow in our, in our understanding of how do we be people who are continually being molded into his image being molded into that image that he created me exactly to be so when he wants to use me, I just fit right in and I get used by him. And I don't know if how he's going to use me at smart and final after the service is going to change the world because some cashier at the register, I smile at her and say, man, bless you, isn't Jesus good? And she goes. And then six months from now, it makes sense. Wow, what that guy said 
And then something happens, and then she shares with somebody who shares with somebody who shares with somebody, and all of Iran comes to the Lord because of that. I don't know. Yeah, that would be funny, huh? <laughs> Probably not, but... But see, this is the thing. We don't know. We don't know what God's doing. And as Paul is praying, and I, I just want to share a little bit about his prayer, and then we're going to go, because I think this is what it's all about to be a part of the body supporting each other. And being a part of the body that, that helps each other grow to be used by God with the gifts that they've been given and the abilities that they've been given and the talents they've been given to be realized how critical each one of us is as a part of his plan. None of us is too small to be used by God. In fact, he says that the least important part of our bodies are the most important parts, right? Anybody just want to live without a kidney? How about both kidneys? Nah, thank you. I mean, the, the parts that we, we just think about the least are the ones that when we lose those, we really know how important they were. So Colossians 1, starting at verse 9, he says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, and he's talking about all this stuff in the first eight verses, he says, We have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints and light. I love Paul's prayers. Whether it's in Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians, I love Paul's prayers. Because that's his heart. That's his heart. Just a couple things. First, he just never ceases. He's always talking to God. What an awesome thing to be able to do is just talk to God all the time. And that's what God wants. He wants us to have this ongoing relationship where we're just talking to him and loving him and experiencing him, enjoying him, listening to him, obeying him, following him, just loving him. And then he says, so that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. What an awesome thing to pray. Man, if we prayed that into each other's lives, you can pray that into my life all you want. I want to be a man who understands what God's will is in my life. And I want to have spiritual wisdom and understanding of what God's doing in my life and how he wants to use me for his purposes. Man, I would, if, if I just knew that, I would be fitting into, his, into that spot every time, man. I'd go, okay, God, this is exactly where you want me, exactly what you want to do with me. I'm so excited about what you're going to do. And he says, so that we would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, so that we would please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work. It's not about just obeying because I have to be compliant. It's loving him so much and knowing that he loves me so much and knowing that his plan is so perfect that I just please him in everything I do. I mean, what a great thing it's going to be to go to heaven and have him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Man, that is just going to be... Uh. But you know, I think we can get that sense now when we do something and we just know we love somebody or we just know we are Jesus and we just know that God is up there just smiling going, nice job, Dave. Nice job, that was really cool. 
And then he goes on and he says that we would be increasing in the knowledge of God. And that comes back to just that whole part of the knowledge of his will because the one thing about Paul that, he, that, that I think helped him pray the way he prays is he just knew who God was. He just continued to grow in his knowledge of God. It is so much easier to walk according to God's will when we just know who God really is. We just get so busy doing our stuff that we don't spend time sitting in the presence of the living God, the God of all creation. I mean, we're going to get to heaven and go, man, did I waste earth? Can I, can I have a do-over, God? Man, if I would have known it was this good, I'd have done a lot more down there. I'm telling you, it's this good, okay? It's this good. Paul knew it. Paul is trying to help us understand that. Because he says that, that not only would we increase the knowledge, but he says that, that the knowledge of God would, so that they would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. It's not just strengthened and power. It's strengthened and power according to his glorious might. I mean, Paul could grasp that. Then he says, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Now, that's where he lost me because that's, that's not me. I don't want to be strengthened in his glorious might for steadfastness and patience. I want to be strengthened in his glorious might for success and victory. Patience is not my strength. Ask Marge. We come to a red light. You know what I do at red lights? Turn right, huh? I turn right. I don't like red lights. Well, we're not going there, Dave. That's okay, but we're moving. <laughs> I'll figure out where to turn left later, but we're not parked at a red light. Patience is not my strength. Paul prays for steadfastness and patience so that we would be people who would know that his will and be patient in his will because when we understand that and we walk in that he says that um that we would joyously be giving thanks to the father now how can you be joyous when you're having to be steadfast and patience because basically he's saying steadfastness is patience is required because things aren't going to go real well are you following that you think that the church is being persecuted in America? We have no idea. I mean, we have it, we have it easy here. Man, they were going through it. And Paul was writing from, the, from prison. He says, so that you could give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. I mean, Paul understood, and you know, he cheated. He got lifted into the third heaven. He, he got a sneak peek of stuff. So, I mean, he knew what he was talking about. You know, it would be awesome. I'd love to get a sneak peek. But we know. We, we know what it's like to be in the inheritance of the saints. Paul talks about it in Ephesians. And man, when we can take that context and understand that what we're doing here isn't the end. This is just a means to the end. This is just a means that God has for us to bring as many people with us into eternity as possible. That's it. Once we get to the end, this can't be done anymore. Okay? We're there, and, and we're not going to have any lost souls in heaven that we're going to be able to be a light to. We're all going to be wearing sunglasses because it's going to be so bright that there isn't going to be any darkness. So our relationship here is, is the power that God wants to do. The work that God wants to do as we come here, we come here to be equipped, to be empowered, to be encouraged, to be strengthened, 
Because there is where the church is. There is where we, we are the church. There is where people can see Jesus in us. So instead of whining because somebody at your work is a nasty person, praise God that you get to be a light because that nasty person needs Jesus. And you get to be Jesus. So start praying this stuff into your life so that you can be Jesus in that. So you can be the person that plugs into that hole to get used by Him because that person is going like this in a hole. It's not fitting because that's not the hole they're supposed to go in. They weren't created to be nasty, ornery, miserable people. That's not what God created them to do. But how are they going to find that unless we show them, unless we share with them, unless we do it in them? We get that privilege. And that's Paul's prayer for us. That we would be people who would experience the, the power, the glorious power of God in us so that we can go out and be Jesus in the world as servants, loving people. What a great thing for us. We just have to get a glimpse of it. We just have to understand it. And then we just have to continually pray this into our lives. Because everything that's happening is because God knows our future. God knows the future. And God is using us to execute His future, not our future. And we have to trust Him enough to know that where we are, what we're doing, is something that He's going to use for His glory and for His purposes. And we just have to understand it. That's why it's so critical for us to be in communion with Him and listening and hearing and reading so that we can hear what he has for us. It's not us telling God what to do. It's us going, God, help me understand. 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 God loves it when we sit there and go, can you just help me understand? There's been a lot of guys in Scripture that haven't liked where they've been. And God had to come alongside and say, let me explain to you. Explain to you, Job, what's going on. Let me explain to you, Elijah, what's going on. Let me explain to you, Peter, what's going on. Let me explain to you guys what's going on. And he'll do that with us. He'll come alongside and he'll go, okay, let me explain to you what's going on. I have a plan, and it's for good, not for evil, to give you future and hope. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Let me explain now go. Go and be used by me. It'll blow your mind when you see what happens because you were obedient here. And to you, you didn't get it. But man, wait till you get to glory and see that 2,000 years later, this happened. Wow. We get to be a part of that, you guys. We get to be a part of that. That is such good news. Let's pray.